you're listening to the Travel Geniuses podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 30, and we're talking to Emily Matris about the five pages your website needs. Hey, Travel Geniuses, Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. You'll be happy to know I have zero announcements before we start this episode. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into my interview with Emily. And we're talking about the five pages that you need on your website. And she breaks it down really simple. It will really help you set up your websites in an easy way if you're feeling overwhelmed by the whole process and not knowing what to do or thinking you need 10 different pages. Um, She really breaks it down and makes it super simple for you. And then at the end of the show, she's going to talk about a couple programs that she's got coming up that will really help you if you've been struggling to come up with content for your website, but aren't quite at a place where you can afford to pay her to write your content for you. So I'm really, really excited about that. And that's actually part of the reason why I pushed this episode up a little bit because she's got some really great events coming up. One is a free webinar and one is a paid course uh, that will help walk you through the content creation for your website. So stay tuned to the end for that. I will also have the links to that in the show notes at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 30. But let's just jump right into my conversation with Emily. Hi, Emily. Thanks for coming back to the show. We've had a lot of requests to have you back on. So I appreciate you joining us again. Absolutely. Happy to be here as always. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the five most important pages on your website. And Mm -hmm. would you maybe even say these are the only pages an agent needs or? Yeah, I think I would say that with a caveat. I think these are like, this is the minimum number of pages you need. if, If you have nothing else, on your website, but these five pages, I think you're covered. I think there are other pages you can add to your website that might be valuable, and we can talk about what some of that extra stuff is. But um, if you wanna, you know, if you just wanna get your website up, running, and finished, focus on these five core pages. Does that make sense? Yes, and I actually think that's really, really important because, and let's just skip those extra pages for this episode because I think a lot of agents, even those who have a website already, people feel really overwhelmed with getting their website up and they may not be happy Mm -hmm. with their website or they're stalled on it because they think they need 20 pages. (laughs) So yeah, let's just talk about those five minimum pages that they need on their website and sure. We'll have you back on to talk about the others. (laughs) What other, what other good stuff you can throw in there? Sure. So in my mind, I think, uh, I think of like, the core pages of a travel agent website as your homepage, obviously, because that's where, you know, your web prospect is going to land first. It's your services page. And, you know, really briefly, what I think you should be doing on your services page is highlighting some of the biggest benefits of working with you and then also outlining your process, your step-by-step process. And then the final like core page I think you need to have is obviously your about page. And I think your about page should function to create a really strong, emotionally resonant connection with your reader. So I call those your three core pages. And then there are two other pages I think are 
sort of no brainers, but I'm going to say them just in case <laughs> someone's not sure if they need them or not. I think you definitely need a contact page. Um, that should go without saying, but I have seen travel agent websites without a contact page, but you, you definitely need one. Um, and then a blog as well. You know, um, I, I don't write blog posts for my clients cause I write like website copy. So the the copy you would see on a home about or services page because that's sort of like permanent copy. Mm -hmm. um, but I still think it's really important for travel agents to have a blog on their website because it's just a really great way to showcase uh, your expertise and the fact that your expertise is sort of ongoing. You're always learning new things. You're, you're always sending clients to new places. You're traveling to new places yourself. You can, you know, express all of that on your blog page specifically. So does that make sense that those yes. five pages to have? Yes. Perfect. So, well, one question, mm -hmm. what do you think of, um, and I don't know, it's, there's no right or wrong, I don't think, but what is your opinion on having just like a contact form on the homepage versus a separate contact page? Um, I generally don't like that particular layout. And here's basically why. So I think what you're saying is like, you know, um, instead of having a separate contact page, you might have like a you know, a set of information at the bottom of the homepage that includes, you know, the phone number, email address, a little form to get in touch. Is that what mm -hmm. you're saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I'm personally not a big fan of that type of layout simply because most people are looking for a contact page. If they're looking to connect with you, um, they are probably first going to look in the upper right hand corner of your website because that's typically where the navigation bar is. And typically on most websites, there's going to be, you know, a tab for contact. Mm -hmm. And if it's not there, well, then you're just making things a little bit harder for your prospect, right? Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's standard necessarily to include contact info at the bottom of the homepage, right? Um, I think it's more standard to include it you know, as a navigation option in the upper right-hand corner. So yeah. generally, when you're thinking about what things to put on your website, um, think in terms of what the, your prospects will be looking for. Think about, you know, what they expect to find. You want to give them what they expect to find. And so that's why I prefer having, you know, um, the contact as a separate page that's easy to get to from the navigation at the top of your website. Does that make sense? Yeah. And actually, Perfect. as you're saying that, I'm thinking about a couple experiences I've had recently where I wanted the contact information and I had to scroll down this huge <laughs> homepage and go mm -hmm. to the bottom. And then there's like 50 little tiny links down there. Right. To find the contact button, which was right. annoying. So, if someone yeah. wants to get in touch with you, do not make it hard for them yes. to do yes. so. Yes. And that is the whole point of the website is to Absolutely. have them contact you. So Right. Yes. It's maybe not as pretty, um, but sometimes you have to forego like a super elegant, simple, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. some people get really cute with their websites, but yeah. it doesn't really function as well. Right. Um, sometimes it's better to have, you know, a little link at the top, an extra one, than hide the contact information. Absolutely. I agree. You know, that's, you know, prioritizing style over substance, which is so tempting when you're working on your website, because of course you want it to look pretty. It's your digital storefront, but more importantly than looking pretty is actually functioning the way that your web visitor expects it to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, making it easy to find information, uh, as easy as possible to find information quickly. That's what, that's, I think the main goal of your website. Yeah. 
Well, I'm sure everybody has a ton of questions about the about page because that yeah. tends to be what I get the most questions about. But let's start at the top. And um, if you want to just share a couple of things that you think are important about the homepage and why it's, well, obviously sure. I don't know why it's important, but. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would say generally when you're writing different web pages for your website, the biggest piece of advice I would have for someone is to make sure you're writing your any web page um, with one specific um, call to action in mind. And so what I mean by call to action is like what action you want someone to take once they get to the bottom of your web page. And you, the mistake a lot of travel agents make, the mistake a lot of people in general make, in general make is that they have too many calls to action, right? You know, maybe on your services page at the bottom, you have, you ask people to fill out a form to get in touch with you, but also maybe they want to email you, but also maybe they should sign up for your freebie, right? That's like three different asks Mm -hmm. and that's totally overwhelming. Generally stick to one ask, stick to one call to action. Um, The other common mistake I see is that people don't include a call to action at all, right? They have lots of great information on their services page about what their process looks like, for example, but then it just sort of cuts off at the end and there's no further ask, right? So that's my general advice for uh, almost any web page. The only place, well, I don't know if I want to say only, but one of the only places it would be different is on your homepage. On your homepage, I think it is uh, okay to have more than one call to action. And the reason why is because I want you to think of your homepage as like the table of contents of a book, right? Um, You open the table of contents and you scan it and then you can flip to the page you need to, to find the specific information you're after rather than having to like skim through the entire book, right? If you're after a particular kernel of information, a table of contents, a clear table of contents makes it really easy to find quickly your homepage should act the same way. Um, Rather than only asking someone on your homepage to book a consultation call with you, they might not be ready to do that, right? Instead, you might have, you know, separate blurbs on your homepage that direct them to different pages in your website. So I'll give you an example because I think it's always easier (laughs) when you have an example to think about. Let's say you're a romance travel specialist and you specialize in um, two main types of travel, honeymoons and destination weddings. Your homepage, I think, should first clearly identify who you are, what you do, and who you serve. So make it really clear right off the bat on your homepage that you're a romance travel specialist. Spend a little bit of time introducing your agency and how they can help um, someone looking for a romance vacation. And then have like separate blurbs that link to two different pages in your website at least. A page on honeymoons and then a page on destination weddings, right? That way, someone who's definitely interested in a honeymoon can quickly find their way to the honeymoon page. And, you know, same thing for destination weddings. If someone knows they want a destination wedding, by linking it directly from your homepage, you're making it really easy to find that information. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect. Then I assume you'd also have your, like, email newsletter sign up on there. And then your contact us page is also sort of another... Call to action. Right. So, so, you, and it sort of depends what you're linking from your homepage. It depends on the other pages you have on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, you might 
have a really, really narrow, distinct niche. And so you wouldn't even need separate pages, right? Mm -hmm. You, for example, I think I used, I, I knew a travel agent at one point who planned like diving trips, which I think is a pretty narrow, specific niche, she might not need to break them down into separate pages. So on her homepage, um, she might instead choose to lead people to her services page where she talks about her process, but she might also choose to lead them to her about page where, so that they can learn more about her. Uh, she might choose to link them to her blog page too, um, Mm -hmm. so that they can learn more about her expertise, where she's traveled, all that good stuff. I don't necessarily think you need to link from the contact. I don't think you need to link to the contact page from your homepage again, because people generally know where to find the contact page up in the upper right hand corner um, of your website, right? That's sort of standard or it should be standard mm-hmm. um, across web pages. So you don't need to link to contact. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I was just getting it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> thinking, I was thinking of the the contact us as another call to action. So I'm just, oh, but that's going to be on every single page, no matter what. Gotcha. So yeah. And I'm more in the body of the. Right. Okay. Right. And like, that's one thing I, I sort of go back and forth on. Should you even ask someone to book a consultation call with you or request a quote from you on your homepage? Generally, I think that's not going to be, um, super helpful for you or for your web visitor, because generally if they landed on your homepage, they're just like starting to get to know you, right? They're just starting to like read more about what you have to offer. If they've only read the little bit of text on your homepage, generally I would say they don't have enough information yet. Um, They don't have the information they need yet to reach out to you, to feel confident about taking that next step. So Mm -hmm. generally when I write homepages for my clients, I don't have a big contact me or set up your consultation call button on the homepage. I save that for the other pages on the website. Yeah, no, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You hear a lot of people compare like anything marketing online as like a cocktail party or dating sometimes. Mm, Like mm -hmm. you wouldn't ask them to marry you on the first date. So no, that would um, definitely turn them off. Similar. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to come on too strong. So right. Right. Ask them to marry you on like the about page perhaps once they get to the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let's, let's move on to the about page because I know this is one that people really struggle with. Um, it's a the really balance. hard balancing act knowing what to put on the about page. That's right. first of all different than the home page, but also not all about you because they don't really care about you. They want to know what you can do for them. So yeah, it's it's about page is definitely the one I see travel agents struggle with the most. And I think that's for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think it's hard to write about ourselves. So as hard as it is to write your home page, as hard as it is to write your services page, it's especially hard to write the about page because you have to talk about yourself, right? And very few people feel comfortable doing that, especially because like on your about page, you kind of have to tout what you're good at, right? You have to toot your own horn and that makes people deeply uncomfortable for the most part. (laughs) Um, But I think even more than that, uh, travel agents have a hard time identifying what exactly they need to highlight on their about page. Um, And so my approach to writing travel agent about pages is that I think it's really important to share your story on your about page. And I know like share your story is it's, it's almost become like trite to, to say that, right. Cause you hear it so often. Um, but I still think it's, it's really important to do, especially in an industry like uh, travel, like 
you know, owning your own travel agency. Most people aren't getting into this industry, you know, for the money alone. There's, they're driven by a deep seated passion. Right. Um, and I think that needs to come through on the about page. The other thing I, I like to say, um, when I'm trying to convince travel agents to share their stories, whatever that story may be on their about pages is that I think one of the, um, biggest thing a travel agent has going for them over their biggest competitor, which is generally like Expedia or those online booking engines is the fact that, you know, a travel agent is a real life person on the other end of the line. If, if your prospect didn't care about that, if your prospect didn't care about customer service, personalization, you know, having some sort of relationship, they would just go book travel on their own, right? Using those online booking engines. Um, but they chose to work with you because they value that personal nature, right? They, they value working one-on-one -on -one with someone. And so I think your about page is a really great opportunity to um, showcase just how human you are, right? As opposed to those robotic um, online booking engines or those even those big corporate travel agencies where clients still tend to get lost in the shuffle. I think essentially, you know, some travel agents kind of feel like um, – diving deep into their story and talking in the first person on their about, about page makes will make them come across as like um, sort of like a dinky little travel agency run by one person and they're right to a certain extent. It, it, it will highlight that their, their travel agency is run by one person, but I think that's actually a strength. Like if you're a solopreneur or if you just have a small team of ICs rather than that being, you know, like a weakness that, that you're small, I think that's absolutely a strength of yours if you know how to harness it correctly. Um, so yeah, I would encourage folks on their about page to embrace um, <laughs> their humanness, um, their personality, uh, their passion, as opposed to taking a more like corporate sounding approach, like, and, and by corporate sounding, I mean, you know, starting off an about page, like, you know, Journey's Travel has been in business for 20 mm -hmm. years. We love serving the, I don't know, Brooklyn community um, and blah, blah, blah. Like mm -hmm. starting in that really rote, boring kind of way. Um, that is just, that's like white noise to your web visitor. They've read it before, so they're not going to read it word for word because they know exactly what it says without having to read it. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Um, so I really discourage folks from starting about pages that way. Don't start with how long you've been in business. Don't start with the kinds of credentials you hold. Um, don't start by saying, I've always loved traveling ever since I was a little girl. Because even <laughs> though that's more personal, almost every, pers almost every travel agent I've spoken with says that same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have to dig a little deeper and, and uncover not only the story that's most meaningful to you, um, but the story that will also resonate most with your ideal clients. Um, and I can sort of explain what I mean by that. Uh, so when I say share your story, some, sometimes when I say that that's really obvious to the person I'm talking to, they're like, Oh, I know exactly what story I need to share on my about page. It will be about the first time I ever went to Europe and met, I don't know, met the love of my life at a, a sidewalk cafe. Ever since then, we always traveled together, blah, blah, blah. Like for some people, that story is really obvious. Other folks, um, <laughs> it's a little harder, right? Either they don't think they have a story inside of them or they have so many great travel experiences, so many great stories, um, they don't know which one to pick 
to share on their about page. So my advice for those folks who have a lot of stories inside of them or a lot of experiences um, is to make sure you're focusing on the ones that would appeal most to your ideal clients, right? So for example, if you are a family travel specialist, I don't want to read about your all-inclusive, your adults-only all-inclusive resort um, life-changing yeah. vacation <laughs> because it doesn't involve family at all. It doesn't involve kids at all. So, you know, if you're struggling to choose the right story to share, go back to your ideal clients. What are they most interested in learning about you? Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Is the, is the point of that part, like sharing your story to kind of help them see that you understand them? Like yeah. sharing a story that helps them connect with you or see that you will understand what they need in their vacations too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think so. I think um, it, it, it gives your prospect a point of connection, like an opening point of connection um, because maybe they'll, again, maybe you share that story about meeting the love of your, your life on a sidewalk cafe in Paris. Like if, um, if another prospect really loves like, you know, Paris as well, and they read that you do too, well then that really makes it, easy for them to like you, right? Like mm -hmm. we like people we share common interests with. So when you talk about your interests and your passions on your about page, even though they might not relate directly to travel, um, like that creates another point of commonality with your prospect, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think the other reason you want to like share your story is because it, because you want to show that you're not just in it for the money, right? Like mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's a passion there. Um, and that passion shows up in, in everything you do as a travel agent, right? You're not just going to treat your clients as a number because you know, and you deeply believe that, you know, travel can be like a transformative experience, a life-changing experience, you know, an incredible way to, um, escape the day-to-day -day life and reconnect with the ones you love most, whatever your like MO is. Um, once your prospects read that, I think they'll trust you more if that makes sense versus just reading about your credentials, right? Mm -hmm. Credentials don't tell the full story. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, something you said earlier, Christy re reminded me, you know, you said like, you don't want to make your about page all about you because people don't, you know, necessarily care just about you. And I think that's true. Um, so I encourage my clients to share their story, whatever it might be on their about page, but don't end it there. Right. Like don't just tell the story of how you met the love of your life at that sidewalk cafe in Paris. And then I became a travel agent and story. No, you want to connect that story to how you run your travel agency today. You want to connect that story to your, personal approach or your personal philosophy around travel. Right. Yep. So, and you know, it's hard to tell you exactly how to do that because it all hinges on your story and on your personal approach. But basically I would, as a rough, um, guideline, I would say spend the first half of your about page sharing your story. And then, um, the second half, or at least the last third talking again about, um, how you can best serve your clients, how that story informs how you can best serve your clients. Like make sure you're making that connection, um, back toward what your prospect would get out of working with you. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like how that experience mm -hmm. kind of informs or shapes the way you mm -hmm. 
care for your clients then. Perfect. Yeah. And so another example, and I've actually seen this a couple of times, which I think is interesting is I, you know, I've written about pages or or worked with travel agents um, who are destination wedding specialists. And so their story is that they had a destination wedding themselves and it was a disaster. (laughs) Um, Like they had a travel agent and the travel agent was just the worst, dropped the ball, didn't care. And it created a really stressful um, experience on what should be, you know, the happiest day of your life, your, your wedding day. And so that's this story. And then we don't end it there, obviously, because that would be a huge bummer. Instead, we say something like, you know, and that's why I decided to dedicate my life to planning amazing destination weddings for my clients. So no one ever has to experience the stress um, and emotional turmoil that I went through. Like, and, and, and so like your story doesn't have to necessarily be positive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you can talk about something that really made you angry or that really upset you or made you sad and how you strive to make sure no one else is ever put in that position again. That's another sort of approach you can take. Yeah. No, that's a really good example. And now I bet everybody listening is probably wishing they had like those who have not had a horrible travel experience probably wish they had one now that <laughs> yeah, they could use. Yeah, it, it makes for a really compelling story. <laughs> really compelling. And I think it I think it works especially well to to get um to get your prospects to trust you because they know that you you've been through the worst. You know what the worst looks like and you you won't let that happen, right? Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's it's an interesting approach for sure. Yeah. That, that that helps kind of I know the about page is so confusing because yeah because you feel like you're supposed to talk about yourself and about your credentials but the truth is honestly like I said people don't really care they care about what your experience how your experiences can help them they don't Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say is, you know, the, the reframe that people don't care. I think that's for the most part true. However, I think the people don't care generally because credentials are boring, right? How many years you've been in business is boring. So another thing you can try to do on your about page is actually entertain your reader, right? Because that's one Mm -hmm. way to keep them reading. And I think a story is inherently more entertaining than like a laundry list of um, the places you visited or, you know, the certifications you hold, that kind of thing. So like, try to entertain your reader. They will appreciate that because so, so much of what we read online on, you know, small business websites is really, really boring. So that's another thing to yeah, keep it in Yes. Um, try to try to keep them engaged and entertained because, you know, um, that's valuable in and of itself, mm-hmm. <laughs> entertaining someone. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. And you want to keep them reading the whole thing, not mm-hmm. just like tuning out after the first sentence. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing I'll say about about pages, and then we can sort of talk about some of the other pages I mentioned, um, is I do think you should have a call to action at the end of your about page. Um, generally, I think the call to action should be to, you know, book a consultation call or request a quote, however you like to set that up. But uh, I think if someone makes it to the bottom of your about page, they're obviously really interested in what you have to say, what you have to offer. Um, so it's the perfect opportunity to encourage them to take that next step in the relationship, right? And reach out. So if you currently don't have a call to action on your about page, I think that's one change you should make like right now. Add that in, ask them to book that consultation call or ask them to request that quote, fill out that form, whatever that next step in the relationship is. Because if they get to the bottom of the about page, they generally are really interested. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point that I've never 
even really thought of before what mm-hmm. the call to action or if they're, I probably have, I, I bet you money. I don't have one on my website right now. So as <laughs> soon as we get off this call, I'm going to go fix that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe it doesn't have to be, um, book that consultation call. If you're really focused on building your list of prospects, list building is a really big focus for you. Maybe instead of asking for a consultation call to be booked, you ask them to sign up for your email list. You ask them to sign up for your big freebie. In fact, I think that's how I have my own um, about page set up right now. My big ask at the end is um, a opt-in offer that I've created. And I say like, you know, if you want to keep in touch, grab this opt-in offer. And then I'll also put you on my email list where I email you once a week, right? That's like another way to mm-hmm. further their relationship. So um, another, another way to approach that as well. Yeah. But only one, not both. I think generally one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough because I don't you want know. them to do all the things. Exactly. exactly. But they're not going to do all the things. So exactly. pick the one that is most important or most Yeah. Unlikely. Try to make the decision for them because you know, people online get decision fatigue so quickly, like they get so overwhelmed every time they're presented with a decision. So if you can make the decision for them, you're making their lives easier Mm -hmm. and they will appreciate it. Yeah. So let's talk about the services page. Services page. And I have a question to start off with this one. I like to suggest that people have like how we work page. So do you (laughs) consider those the same thing? Same thing. Yeah. I was just about to say it goes by a lot of different names. It could be how, how I work, um, services. It can be, you know, our process doesn't really, the name doesn't matter all that Mm -hmm. much. Um, but I think it's really, really important to clarify how you do work on your services page, right? Uh, I think this is so important for travel agents, especially because more often than not, your prospects will have never worked with a travel agent before, right? Yeah. Um, this- and they probably don't know anybody who does mm-hmm. or who has, and they probably were like, "Are there even travel agents?" <laughs> right. right. Oh, I didn't We've even all heard that agents. before. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So there's there's they have no idea what to expect. Right. And generally, when you have no idea what to expect, you feel paralyzed. You're not going to move forward. Um, if you're confused, um, if 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 you're confused, if you don't know what to expect. That causes a lot of anxiety for you yeah. um, as a consumer. Um, and so if I were to go, I'm trying to think of like a, a good analogy, like. I don't know. I, I don't work with a financial planner. Perhaps I should, but if I were to research like financial planners, one thing I would want to know before I reached out to someone was how the process works. If I go to their website and they don't tell me like what the next steps are, like how they're going to, you know, um, keep my money safe, help it grow, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If they don't walk me through it step by step, well, I don't think I will have enough confidence to move forward with like reaching out to them, right? I'll probably X out and try and find a different financial planner who is willing to explain that process to me. Um, So I think it's so important, particularly for travel agents, to clarify that step-by-step process on their services page, absolutely, to eliminate anxiety eliminate confusion and give their prospects the confidence they need to take that next step and reach out to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, do you suggest, I have my own opinion on this, but mm-hmm. do you suggest that people have their, like if they charge a fee that they have that mm. on that page? Oh, I'm interested in hearing your opinion. Um, yes. Well, okay. Yes, but um, it depends on how complicated your fee structure is. If yeah. you have like a simple fee structure, like you, you have one fee, 
um, for, you know, everything you plan, uh, then yeah, definitely mention it or even, you know, two or three tiers. But if you are getting into like five or six different fees for like five or six different types of travel experiences you plan, I think that might overwhelm somebody. And it might be best to say like, mention your fee, maybe mention that it starts at X price and that you'll discuss it on the consultation call. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fine approach. But I, at the very least, I think if you have a fee, you should mention that you do have a fee. Even if you don't put the number on there, just set that expectation for your prospect. So they're not blindsided when they get on that um, consultation call with you. Yeah. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts, Christy? I think it should be there. Yeah. Um, but I agree that if it's like a ton of different, like this much for Aeromia, first of all, I don't yeah. think you should be doing that anyway, because it's, it's just, nobody likes to be nickeled and dimed. And I think a lot of people would prefer to just have two or three options, like mm-hmm. packages. But I personally... If I go someone like Sam hiring a photographer or something and they don't have their pricing listed, yeah. I'm scared to even reach out because I'm assuming it's going to be more than I can afford. Right. And even sometimes if it is more than I can afford, I will like save up for like that's on my inspiration list, you know, and I'm like waiting until I can afford whatever it is that they mm-hmm. sell. So mm-hmm. I think it helps people um just kind of feel more comfortable about reaching out if they have an idea of what your fee is. But like you said, having a starting at, because things do change. I know like web designers, a lot of times people are always like, how much is a website? Well, it depends on (laughs) a million different factors, but like my prices start at this much and then we can talk and right. Exactly. What it's going to be. Exactly. And like, it's funny, like one of the biggest complaints I hear from travel agents, and it's a totally valid complaint, is that they get so many quotes or quote requests from like price shoppers, right? People who have no intention of actually booking with them and are just wasting their time. If you want to get rid of the price shoppers coming in through your website, the easiest way to do that is to like make sure they know that you charge a fee, right? (laughs) Make that really big and bold on your services page. And I have a feeling those price shoppers are going to drop away pretty quickly. Because those people don't want, they want the cheapest thing. So they're not, they're not even going to call an agent who charges a fee probably. Exactly. Exactly. And... Everybody wants like I hate when people say their their niche is luxury travel because honestly every agent wants who wants to specialize in cheap vacations nobody. Um, <laughs> so if you really want those luxury clients, they're probably more attracted to somebody who charges a fee. Now I'm getting into a fee discussion, but <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be scared away. Time. People are right. afraid, like they they don't want to put their fees on there because they're afraid it's going to turn people away or scare people away. But if somebody's spending. 10, 20, 30 or more thousand dollars on a vacation, a couple hundred dollars for a fee to an agent is not going to right. scare them. Right. Yeah. So. I, I, I generally agree. It is a scary step to take because it's not, I don't think it's standard yet across the industry to charge fees. So you're afraid that if you charge a fee, well, they're just going to go elsewhere. Um, and yeah, that could happen. But if like the rest of your website copy is in a really solid place and you're doing a really good job of, um, positioning yourself and like being really clear about your message and what you bring to the table, well, then people are going to be willing, more willing to pay your fee, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think if you have a really crappy website, not a lot of information, vague information, no information about the benefits of working with you. And then you say, oh, by the way, I charge a $250 fee. Like, yeah, no one's going to want to work with you because you haven't justified your fee at all. So that's another way to think about the copy on your website. If you have a fee, 
you, you know, when you talk about your benefits, when you talk about your expertise, when you talk about what your prospects get from working with you, you're, you're doing a really good job of justifying that fee. And that should take a little bit of the fear of listing it away for you. Yep, exactly. Show them why you're worth more than Costco. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we've covered the homepage, the about page, services page. Mm-hmm. We've kind of covered the contact page. Should that be a form or is that just links to how to contact people? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't feel super strongly about this. Um, I think the most important thing is that you have a contact page. Um, And I think you can have a form. That's totally fine. But even if you do have a form, I would recommend having an alternative way of getting in touch with you. And I say this from personal experience. Um, I have a contact form on my own website and I do get people, you know, contacting me through it. But every so often I'll get an email that says, Hey, I sent you a message through your form, you know, five days ago and I haven't heard from you. What, you know, what gives? And it turns out that forever, for whatever reason, my form wasn't working, right? Like there was a glitch. Um, and I'm so glad that my email address was listed as well. So the folks could come, like come back to me and, and uh, get in touch with me in an alternate, alternate way. Right. So, um, that would be my biggest piece of advice. If you have a form, make sure you also list your email address just in case the form messes up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, and also the other reason I think you shouldn't just have a form is what if someone wants to get in touch with you, but they're not getting in touch with you about a trip necessarily. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, you get on the radar of your local news channel. Wouldn't that be awesome? Someone wants to reach out to you about being on a segment on TV um, they don't want to fill out a form about what kind of trip they want to take because they don't want to take a trip. You should mm-hmm. have your email address there. So it's easy to reach out to you about like other, other opportunities. So here's my, I just was thinking about this as you're talking, I've heard mm-hmm. you mention that glitch with your form before, and I have yeah. a form on my site. And yeah. every time I think about it, I wonder if I should just take it off because for every one person Mm. who con- who contacts you and says, hey, I sent you a message, but I didn't hear back. There are probably There's, five to 10 yeah. others who just thought, oh, she just doesn't care enough. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I don't know. That's really yeah. tough because um, you for, for travel agents, especially because I know a lot of travel agents like to collect important information mm-hmm. before they hop on a call. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily suggest getting rid of the form altogether. And I think this also goes back to the discussion about price shoppers. Um, I'd say generally, if you're getting a lot of price shoppers, one way to deter them is by having, you know, a form that's not super involved, but Mm -hmm. does ask some questions because, you know, the more questions you ask, you know, the more hoops you make someone jump through in order to get in touch with you. Well, the more people are going to fall away um, before they actually finish that form. And if you're inundated with price shoppers, then you might actually want that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's a tough question. And, and, and I'm not a web designer. I'm a copywriter. So I don't know exactly the mechanics mm-hmm. of how those forms work. But I think it was, does speak to like the importance of working with a reputable um, web company, right? Who's not going to set you up with, you know, really janky forms. Like, yeah, I, the one you have. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, I love my web designer and it's only happened a couple of times, right? <laughs> Let me be clear. And, and it's only happened a couple of times to the point where I do feel comfortable keeping that form up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question that I don't think I have like the perfect yeah. answer to. 
I'm going to be thinking about that and trying to mm-hmm. come up with a solution to that because mm-hmm. that would be the worst is to have people just think you ignored them. It is bad. And, um, but, but at the flip side, you know, sometimes like people's emails drop into my spam. So there's not like a totally yep. mm-hmm. solution. Yeah, there isn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give them your cell phone sure. number and let them call exactly. you. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's one thing I won't do. My number is not listed. On the <laughs> um, okay. Final page is the blog page. And mm-hmm. so my question to start off with this one is, do you consider that a required page or is this sort of a nice to have or? I lean towards required. Um, I really do just because it's such a great way to showcase your expertise, Right. Um, if you're having sort of a more bare bones website where you only got the essentials home about services, plus of course, contact your blog page, I think becomes even more necessary because, um, you know, folks may not be ready to work with you until they're able to, um, uh, like dig into what you do a little bit more. And so your blog page is a great place to give them something to dig into. Right. And the other reason I really like the idea of uh, travel agents having a blog page is because um, often travel agents feel like they need to have a separate web page for like every single destination they might possibly ever send a client to every single type of travel they might, you know, plan for a client um, to the point where they're getting into like 10, 15 pages for their website. Often I'd say that's not necessary and you can instead use your blog as a place to address those different kinds of travel experiences, right? Um, Let's say like you really like sending people on African safaris, but you're not a safari specialist. That's not the only thing you do, right? Well, then rather than having just a a permanent webpage on African safaris, uh, which might be really overwhelming to uh, a travel agent to mm-hmm. add another web page to their list. You can instead write a blog post about it. And I think that's totally fine. I think um, a lot of the pages that agents are creating for their websites would actually work better as, as blog posts. Uh, and generally, I think the other benefit of that is, you know, generally on your blog pages, you can be a little bit more personable. You can um, be a little more casual, show more personality because it's not quite as permanent as the web page. Um, and so you can have a little bit more fun there as well. And also, you know, share photos that you've taken and the photos don't have to be like national geographic caliber, in mm-hmm. my opinion, if they're on your blog page as they would if they're on like your homepage, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, if you're the agent kind of agent who feels like they need all these different pages on your website, re-examine that and see if you can just make blog posts for some of those pages, you yep. know, and, and sort of cut down on your workload at least up front while you're still trying to put your website together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's another area that agents feel overwhelmed with because there's so many like little tasks and things that they have to do just for booking travel, let alone yeah. their marketing and their website and keeping up with a blog and a newsletter. Mm-hmm. So I think we talked about this um, when we did the pet peeves show, yeah. which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, I personally suggest that they don't put a date, like hide mm-hmm. the date on their blog post. So if it's been a month or two, um, it's not no, going no, no. to, no, yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to think, Oh, is she still in business? Um, and I am 
working on a podcast series to kind of help with the content. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be as complicated as you think. Like I have so many friends that my friends never listen to me, but um, they're <laughs> like, like I, I'm not a travel writer. And I keep telling them like, you don't have to be, if somebody wants to read travel writing, they're going to go buy Condé Nast. That's not Absolutely. what they want you for. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to answer their questions mm-hmm. and speak to them like you would your best friend about who's asking you about going to Australia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So just for those of you listening who are like, oh, I have to have a blog. I can't. Um, I have some solutions and maybe we'll twist Emily's arm and get her on to <laughs> help with that a little bit. I, I know you don't write blog posts, but... Um, I still talk a lot about I, it yeah. though. Yeah. Because so, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah. it is the whole, everybody talks about no like, and trust. That's what your blog is for mm-hmm. um, to help people. There's a lot of benefits, like mm-hmm. get into all of them. Absolutely. And the other thing I'll say about the last thing I'll say about the blog, the blog page is I also think it's a really, really great place to um, highlight your own clients, right? You know, like client mm-hmm. testimonials are great, but if you can turn a testimonial into a longer case study, um, or if you can interview your client and have like just a, a Q&A, turn that into a blog post, that is like, that's gold right there. Yeah. Number one, you cut down on the work you have to do. If you're interviewing your own client, they're talking for you. You don't have to write. You just have to transcribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, you're showing any person who happens to land on your website that, hey, you actually do have clients. People have trusted you yeah. before um, to plan their vacations. And it turned out really, really wonderfully. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, think of ways to turn testimonials into more like long form um, yes. um, blogs. And I think that would be really, really valuable. And that will make your clients feel important and mm-hmm. they're going to want to share it with their friends and family. Absolutely. So see, you have to come you back. You get more traffic the- that way. Yeah. <laughs> series. That's something I hadn't thought of before, but that's a really good content strategy too. Something else right. you can add to the mix. So definitely. Yeah. Well, good. I think we've covered a lot um, in this episode and there mm-hmm. are some things I did want to make sure that the listeners heard about. So first let's talk about the webinar you have coming up. Sure. So uh, all this talk about website pages. The good news is I talk about it for even longer um, on an upcoming training I'm doing um, this coming Tuesday. And that's Tuesday, October 8th. 2019, just in case you happen to be listening to this in the future. Um, but it's a, it's a webinar called the, uh, let's see, what, what is it called? It's called the Foolproof uh, Website Formula, right? And on it, I'm sharing the three-part formula that I've developed to help me write my own client's websites. And just to be clear, I exclusively work with travel agents. And I think I counted it up recently. I've worked, I've written website copy for at least, I think it's like 118 travel agents at this point. Mm. So the formula I share on this webinar is absolutely (laughs) time-tested. It's been through the ringer and I've been able to sort of perfect it over the past three years. I've been writing travel agent copy. Um, So that's what I'll be chatting about on the webinar. Um, And Christy, I think you said you'll throw the the link to sign up in the show notes. That would be awesome. Other things to know, it's a free webinar, so definitely join. Um, and then the other thing I'll mention is it's uh, it's a webinar I've hosted twice before, and this is the third time I'm hosting it, and it's also the last time I'm hosting it. After this Tuesday session, I will be retiring this particular webinar and you know moving on to something else. So if you're listening and you didn't get to catch this foolproof website formula training the, the past two times, definitely hop on this time before it goes away. (laughs) 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. not, and I, I know you have a course you're getting ready mm-hmm. to launch as well, which I really wanted to make sure that my listeners heard about because not everybody, a lot of my listeners, especially are newer agents just starting right. out and they're not necessarily in a position where they can hire you to write the copy for their entire site. Mm-hmm. So you've got something that will help them kind of get at least something up that's working for them until they can hire you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they'll write something good enough to, to be permanent. Never um, have but- to hire you. <laughs> exactly. That's the goal. I don't want them to have to work with me one-on-one. Um, but yes. So I, last year was when I developed this, I, I put together um, a sort of DIY course for travel agents called the travel agent website roadmap. And the whole point of the course is to walk you through step-by-step how to write the most important pages for your website. And again, those are the pages I, I, we were just talking about, your homepage, your about page, and your services page, those core pages. Um, and so the course is, I think, like five modules. Um, you know, each module focuses on a particular page plus some bonus stuff. And each module is video-based where I walk you through, you know, um, exactly what you need to do to write your pages. I've also loaded it up with templates that make it almost as easy to fill in the blanks um, to write your pages. Uh, And that has been super helpful to my students who've been in the course. Yeah, they really love the templates, which is not surprising. Um, So there's video modules, there's um, templates, there's example walkthroughs, because I think it's so valuable to look at examples so you you know Mm -hmm. what the, you know, what the concepts I'm teaching actually look like when they're put into play. And then the final thing that's included in the the course, um, or the final thing I I think is worth mentioning right now is um, support. So I do have like a private Facebook group just for students in the roadmap course. And once a week, I actually get on a live Facebook live Q&A session so that I can answer your questions, right? Because I don't want folks in the course to feel like they're going it alone. Um, Because because the people in the course, the travel agents in the course, uh, are not professional writers, right? So they're going to have questions. Mm-hmm. They're going to need clarification. They're going to need guidance. And I wanted to make sure that was a big part of the course. So I answer questions every week. And I also take volunteers who are willing to share their drafts. Um, and then I critique them live on the call. That can be scary for some folks, but it's really, really valuable to get my, my actual eyes on your copy, mm-hmm. right? Even if you're not quite brave enough to volunteer for this, seeing somebody else's draft is also really helpful. Again, you know, seeing examples in action, so to speak. Um, Yeah, yeah, so that's just like a a high-level overview of the course. I designed the course for two reasons. Number one, budget reasons. I do understand that not every travel agent out there has $1,500 or $2,000 to work with me one-on-one. Um, so I priced it right now. It's, it's three fifty to join the course. I priced it hopefully at a price point that, that makes it more accessible to agents. Um, so I created it for budget reasons. And the other reason I created it is because as a copywriter, um, I can only take on so many clients at once, right? You know, only, mm-hmm. only so many one-on-one clients. And so I wanted a way to help more travel agents, um, without, you know, having to put them on a wait list necessarily, uh, to wait to work with me one-on-one. Um, so those are the two big reasons I've created the course. And I think we've graduated like, you know, 40 students now. And it's been so awesome to see them like breathe a sigh of relief and get their websites off their to-do list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you know, there's so much anxiety, I think, uh, for travel agents around getting the website done. And when 
most travel agents think about websites, they think about design and the copy is an afterthought, right? Um, and so they don't start thinking about the copy often until it's too late, often not until they're agent, excuse me, not until their designer is asking for the copy or not until after they've picked out, you know, a template to use and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, what now? Like I actually have to write, write it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like my big goal with the course is to give them the, the skills and the tools and the templates they need to just get this massive thing off their to-do list so they can start, you know, um, feeling really good about putting themselves out there and marketing themselves as a travel agent. Uh, because I think it's really hard to market yourself and put yourself out there if you don't have a website to point prospects back mm-hmm. to, right? That's sort of like the bare minimum these days. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what the course is all about. Um, and if you want to learn more about it, then I definitely encourage you to join me on the upcoming web- webinar I mentioned, because I will be chatting more about that course at the end of the webinar. Um, so you can learn more about that there, but I'll also give Christy the direct link to the the course page so you can learn more about what's in it and how to join. Um, doors to the course open again um, on Tuesday, October 8th. So you'll have your opportunity to get in there. And then finally, I'll say, if, you're hap- if you happen to listen to this um, after the doors close, um, I'll also give Christy the, uh, the, the waitlist link. So if you want to join next time I open doors, which I'm not sure when that will be, but it definitely won't be until 2020, um, you can get on the list then. Did I cover it, Christy? <laughs> yes. Do you, have any, do you have any other questions about that? No, I just want to say, I just want to encourage all the listeners to sign up for the webinar and purchase the course if they're not purchase, like hiring you to do their copy directly because it, it is sometimes an afterthought and everybody mm-hmm. worries more about the pretty pictures on their site mm-hmm. and not so much. I know the like bane of web designers existence is trying to get content from mm, their yep. clients and it's always kind of an afterthought and not considered necessarily sometimes as important as the the look of the website, but it is really more important, honestly. Right. And your website is your central hub to everything. So it's important not only to have it be working for you and be effective, but um, to be something that you're proud of. And I think you mentioned this um, in your stories this morning on Instagram, Uh but it's something that I think too, like if you're not proud of your website, you're not really going to be confident when you're telling Mm -mm. people where to find you. You're like I notice this with myself sometimes if there's something that I've done and I'm not really excited. Like I'm not sure I did a good job with it. I don't, yeah. I kind of shrink a little bit when I'm telling them or I might. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's important that your website is something that you're proud of because that's, that is the main place people are going to learn more about you. Definitely. Uh, I think people, I, and I've seen it in my own students and in my own one-on-one clients, once they get their websites up and they feel good about it, oh my God, their, their confidence like shoots through the roof. And that's so satisfying. And it makes so much sense um, because they finally feel proud of what they've created. They finally feel proud of um, the online presence they've, they've crafted for their, themselves. And I think yeah. that it's really hard to market yourself if you don't feel good about how you're showing up online today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, one other thing I'll mention um, is that even if you're like listening to this and you're like, man, I really don't want to buy this course. I would still encourage you to sign up for the webinar. Um, because I I don't want you to think that it's just like an hour long pitch. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't miss the, I don't mention the course until the very end. I think you could still really get something out of it. So even if you're not interested in 
adding another course to your course pile, I hope you will join me. It's free. We, I'll, I'll be chatting about a lot of fun stuff and taking questions at the end as well. <laughs> awesome. And mm-hmm. speaking, just one last thing I want to say to all my listeners here, if you sign up for this course and you don't volunteer to be one of the ones that Emily <laughs> critiques, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I promise I'm really nice about it if that helps because again, it's, no one's a professional writer in this group. So you don't yeah. need to be shy. Everybody's like working from the same place. No yeah. one really knows what they're doing. So no. yeah, definitely don't be shy about it. It's, yeah. it's all about learning. And I, I will also say like I charge $200 for a 45 minute call for mm-hmm. me to critique your copy. You can get that for free, like yeah. inside the course. So that's what I was going to say. It's probably worth the price of the course just that alone. Yeah. So definitely take advantage of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully I have a ton of volunteers. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show again. And I can't wait to, I know you'll be on again. So I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Always me, a me pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate it. So what do you think? Does that help at all? Does that make you feel a little less stressed? about your website. I know some of you may have a website already and maybe you love it, in which case great. And you may have heard some things in this episode that you can go back and tweak. But if you have one and you're not happy with it, or you're kind of dragging your feet on a website because you're not quite sure what to put on there, what pages you need or what content to put in those pages, hopefully this episode helped a little bit. And if you want some extra help, don't forget Emily's got that webinar coming up and the course, which even if the course is closed at the time you listen to this. I know sometimes uh, people discover me later and you know are just catching up months behind. Um, go ahead and sign up for the wait list. So next time she opens registration for that, you can get in. It's really a steal at $350. And like she said, her goal is that you won't ever need to hire her if you go through that course. So um, I know, like I said, web developers, their number one problem is getting content from clients because it's so hard to do. It's so stressful and you're not copywriters. So of course you're not completely comfortable creating all that content for your site. Emily's course is going to make that so easy for you. So definitely check it out. And if nothing else, go ahead and check out her free webinar because I'm sure she'll have some great tips for you. Just look at the great content she's shared with us for free here on the podcast so far. And then the last thing, I guess I do have a little bit of an announcement for you. Um, Not really. Just go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. Because like I mentioned when I was speaking with Emily, I do have a blog series planned where we're going to talk about um, how to come up with your content for your blog. And, And by blog, I don't necessarily mean just a written blog. This could be a YouTube channel or a podcast, whatever kind of content you're creating. Um, We're going to talk about how to come up with the topics that you want to cover, how to create the content that's super easy, and then some tips for promoting it and helping people find it. So um, that's coming up in the next couple of months. Um, But in the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Have a great week. I'll see you next time.